Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Thank you for having me here every Wednesday for, what are we calling it, Wealth and Health Wednesday. That just stumps me every time. It seems like it should be health and wealth, so I'm just going to have to get used to that. But I love the conversation of positivity and just the smiles and the taking it offline into real conversation. And it's funny, um, Princeton and Amelia and I met for lunch the other day, and we've never met each other in person, and we were talking about how we can create these, like, we can get in our comfy zones, even though we're chatty Cathy's and we're outgoing people. And we can just be like, you know what, I'd rather stay home and not be a part of. But when we force ourselves to get together, the conversation is amazing. Um, Just the connection is amazing, what you learn from people. And I love, Sarah, I loved your comment about the your family who has the neighborhood who doesn't wave and your husband thinks that there's something wrong. I laugh because I purposely chose to live on a dirt road because there's dirt road etiquette. If you live on a dirt road, you know this, but there's this thing that when you pass people on dirt roads, you must wave. And it kind of cracks me up because the second that you get to pavement, there's no longer waving happening. And and it's this it's the strangest thing, but I've grown up in the country and this has always been a thing my entire life living on dirt roads where you wave to the guy who passes you. And if you don't live on a dirt road, the next most fun thing is when you own a Jeep, every Jeep you pass, they wave and they love on each other. And there's this whole culture and etiquette to uh, the people who drive Jeeps. So anyways, it's kind of funny and it just adds some fun to your day and it adds some conversation. And I just love that. Um, I love, as Rachel was talking about interactions based on initial judgment, I find in life right now, it is so important that first we just be observers and we seek to understand people and that we come from curiosity. She said that a couple of times. And I just love that because so often we are just making judgment versus seeking to understand. And I think there's nothing more fun than listening to somebody with a different perspective and just understanding where they're coming from. So 
love being here with you guys. We have somebody on mic too. Is that? Make sure that you mute your mic if you would. And we are here, Breakfast of Champions. We are here, as Sarah said, now 15 hours a day, Monday through Friday from 5 to 8, including 6 to noon on Saturday and then Club 111 on Sunday for your spiritual growth. Super happy to be here with you today. I want to talk about something gross. <laughs> I was thinking about everybody that I love so much yesterday. I met with my tax accountant, and you know what I hate? more than anything, and I've told you guys this before, is the word taxes. I think that's the grossest word ever. Like it literally is just ugh, makes me sick. But yesterday, as I was talking to my tax accountant, we we're blessed to have an amazing year last year. Um, and she said, hey, Kristen, you owe some taxes. And I'm like, ugh, <laughs> you know, and you just you get that sickness. And what I realized is in life, um, and something that I want to speak to is that you're not the expert of all things. And I will tell you right now, I am not the expert of taxes. I am on a growth mission to learn about how to be better and better and better at taxes. So I want to share with you some things that I've learned. And I know you want to like change the channel right now because who wants to learn about taxes? But here's the thing. 40% of your wealth goes away in the form of taxes. So when we think about this, like my husband and I have this conversation all the time, why own businesses and make money if we just have to give it all back to the government, right? If we have to just give it all back and we don't even get to keep it. And some days that's how it feels when you're a business owner and it, it gets discouraging. And usually it's because we've learned how to make money, but we don't know how to keep money. And we don't know how to make our money make money. So there's this these steps in this progress that you go through as you learn to build a business. And so we have that conversation a lot. Why make money if we have to give it all back? Like, how fun is that? We should just go work for somebody. And, you know, you can get in that mode. And so I took it upon myself a while back to get excited about taxes and to be like, all right. I've got to learn to love this because I don't think there's, you know, the only thing other than taxes that's certain is death. So I better like fall in love with taxes, figure out how to use them to my advantage and figure out how to work with them to bless people. And so anyway, so I started down this journey of learning about this gross, gross word. And I used to say to myself, you know, if I could ever look, if I could ever like not speak about taxes again, if I could just give them to somebody else and let them do it and just outsource it, like that's what I want to do. But the truth is, it's kind of like when you go to the doctor, like you can, you can outsource um, knowledge, you could get knowledge from your doctor, but you can't outsource your health to him. You know what I mean? You can rely on him to educate you, but you can't make him do it. You still have to do it. And if you don't know a little bit about your health and understand the way your body feels, just putting your health in somebody else's hands can be a really big, scary mistake. And I know that from being misdiagnosed with things as a young kid, when they were going to put me on a lifelong uh, prescription medication, and it turned out I started looking and digging and learning and educating myself. And I'm like, I don't even have what they're saying I have, and they're willing to medicate me for the rest of my life. And so looking at taxes, I realized like, this is something I don't get to just, and, and not just taxes, but wealth building, like your, your entire tax plan, your, your financial future. It's something that you have to own and you have to play an active role in because nobody's going to build it or do it the way that you should. So First, I started thinking, where the heck did this tax thing come from? And I just thought it would be fun to share with you some facts. 
taxes date back to 3000 BC. Like taxes have been happening forever, back to ancient Egypt. This is the way that economies flow, right? This is how um, this is how we pay for benefits and and the debts that the countries get into and things like that. But I also learned that Willie Nelson, of all people, had to do an entire album to pay his tax debt. (laughs) That's one way to do it. I learned this statistic that you have to, Americans have to work 114 days a year to pay their average tax bill. I went quiet for a minute on purpose because I read that number. That's almost 50% of your year, your working year that is going to your taxes. Not all of your earnings are even taxed the same way. And I think people don't understand that. So we're going to talk about some ways that you can keep some more of your money. But, you know, we sit around and we talk about, oh, taxes are going up. And, and you know, as debt goes up, taxes have to go up because somebody's got to pay for the for the checks that we write, you know. So it is in your best interest, whether you're a business owner whether you're a lot of people in this group are are emerging entrepreneurs who are just getting started. And I just want to share with you some of the messiness that I've experienced over the years and the growth that I've experienced so that if you're one of those people that you can follow that journey and learn from my mistakes um, so that you don't make them. But taxes as a whole, they're really paying for veterans benefits, they're paying for Medicaid, they're paying for children's health care, they're paying for just the debts that we get into. And really, almost half of the country doesn't even pay certain taxes, which means that people who are running businesses and making profits do get to um, forge some more of the bill. So anyway, so as we're learning to build these businesses, they always tell you making the first million is the hardest. And once you figure out how to make it, you have to figure out how to keep it. And so it's funny as I sit there and as I talk to the tax accountant over the years and as we've moved through um, financial planners and tax accountants, as you grow, it's okay for you to top grade your tax accountants and your financial advisors because what got you here won't necessarily get you there. And so as that's happened throughout life, I've thought to myself, okay, well, I figured out the model to make the money. And I find a lot of my friends are in this uh, category as well. I figured out the model to make money, but how the heck do I keep it? Um, Because it goes out to the tune of almost half in some sort of tax. And it's not just income tax. It's several different types of taxes. So one of the things that I have to... uh, that I have to give to you. I'm going to gift this to you because it's not really a gross word. I want you to study and learn about how to keep your money by leveraging tax laws. And it sounds absolutely crazy. Like still to say it makes me like, that can't be right. How to, how to leverage money to my benefit or how to leverage taxes to my benefit. But the truth is, is that, um, 34 to 43% of your average income goes out in some kind of tax in your lifetime. So let me tell you, let me, let me give you a real life example of that. If you earned $200,000, which means you are doing well in this life, you've learned to make a good living. But the bad part is if you don't know how to leverage the tax laws to your benefit and to the benefit of the way the government wants money to flow through the economy, you're only keeping about 115 to 130 of it. That's a huge check that you just wrote, right? So we're going to talk about some ways that we can 
lower that tax burden and do as is intended. The tax laws are actually intended to flow money through the economy the way that the government wants to see the money flow and ways that help people help grow things like that. So don't you think it would be important if half of your income, not quite half, but half of your income is going out the back door in some kind of taxes, wouldn't it make sense to just maybe spend a little time figuring out how to keep some of that. I think we like often overlook it and we say, I'll just hire that guy and he'll do it for me. And I know in my experience, the guy that I hire or the gal that I hire, oftentimes um, you're just, you're just a, another uh, tax return to process. And they're not in your head thinking about your goals, thinking about what you want for your family, who's involved, what you're trying to build. They're not thinking of these things. And so you have to play an active role. And in order to play an active role, you have to know something about, even if it's just basic level, you have to know something about the questions to ask you have to know enough that when you see a, a red flag or something that doesn't seem right or something that uh, maybe you've heard that you can go and seek a second opinion, right? Like when you go to a doctor and you hear something that just doesn't sound right, you might not be a cardiologist, but if you hear something that doesn't sound right, you have enough sense about your health to go seek a second opinion, to go ask some extra questions. And so that's what I'm getting at. Nobody, I don't think, I mean, I'd have to be surprised if somebody actually loved and wanted to know the tax code. But if you're a business owner, it's so important that you know this because you can keep so much more of the money that you make in your life. So I can't tell you um, from, from coaching businesses, from teaching profitability, um, from teaching people to run successful businesses, how often it comes up that somebody made a good chunk of money. And then, oh, crap, we didn't put away for the tax bill that comes along with that. And oftentimes, businesses, there's some businesses that forget or fail or don't, don't systematize and don't plan to pay quarterly. And so those big tax bills come up and then it's like you are in hot water because you can't pay the tax bill. And the fees associated, uh, the interest associated with the penalties on not paying taxes is pretty dang steep. If we think credit cards are bad, um, being late on your taxes is, is pretty destructive to your progress. Let's put it that way. So anyway, so many businesses fail simply because they can't pay their tax bill. And it's really fun to run a business. I mean, most of the time you're focused on profit and winning and what's your goal and how do you make your first million and all of this fun, fun stuff. And son of a gun, you didn't even think about the Uncle Sam check that you were going to have to write or the money that he's going to come knocking on your door to come collect. So something that I've seen that goes wrong in businesses a lot, um, being married to a contractor um, years ago, we, we would build houses and there's a, a sales tax that's put on the materials and you pass it through and you collect it from the client. And you have to be really careful because you deposit all that money into your bank account. And you forget that part of that money wasn't yours. It was the taxes that were collected to pass through to the state or to the county, the, the local entity that's collecting those taxes. And you look at your bank account and you're like, yay, look what I did. And then your tax account reminds you that part of that's not yours. So creating a system within your business that is automated, that every time you deposit a check says, hey, taxes go here and my money goes there. 
is really a simple, simple way for you to not get caught and, and drain what you thought was your money um, and end up paying taxes with it. So oftentimes businesses are so focused on the financial goals, they fail to even get to know the tax laws at all. They they cheap out and they hire they hire a friend to do their bookkeeping. I see a ton of businesses that are like, oh, well, we could just do, you know, the online version and just plug in the numbers and it works to a certain level. And then there's a point in time where you're beyond that level in your business and you have to keep upgrading your financial advisors. You have to keep upgrading your systems because you will break them if you try to use old ways to build bigger in scale. So when they're focused on their financial goals and they're hiring the cheapest person that they can find to give them tax advice, oh gosh, it can be so freaking costly. You're gonna wish that you had hired somebody uh, that, that could have told you otherwise. They fail to pay those estimated quarterlies, and then it all hits them at once with a big fat bill. They don't put it aside. They don't automate it. There's nothing more freeing when your tax accountant says, hey, Kristen, here's what you owe. And you're like, it's cool. It's over there in that account. I put it over there earlier. It's all there ready for you to go, you know. And so, but on the flip side of that, you can be in a really scary situation if you come home to your spouse and you're like, hey, we owe X amount of dollars. And hey, by the way, uh, we don't have it. We spent it. So I just encourage you that as you walk through this journey of building wealth and creating profitable businesses and just learning and growing that you also think that there's that little guy on your shoulder and that you're going to have to pay him at some point. So automate the system, make it easy on yourself. Then you can focus on growing and scaling and building an awesome, awesome business that blesses lots of people. I always tell you guys about a book that I love, um, a book that uh, honestly, when I read it the first time, I'm like, how could anybody want to learn a darn thing about taxes? And I read this guy's book and I was like, wow, I can employ my kids you know, there's all these rules and things that I can do because they want my kids to be educated about business. And then I can, I can keep money in the family. And, and there's all of these opportunities for you to help educate young people, people you love, keep money in the family. I mean, there's just an abundance of tax law that is built to incentivize you to go teach these young people to grow businesses and make them productive humans. And yet, because we don't know the tax code, we don't know that that's an opportunity for us. And so we don't include our families in our business and we don't think about those things. And while I, like I say, I will reiterate, I am far from the tax guru. I know enough to tell you, I build small businesses, I've built bigger businesses, and this is something that can destroy you if you're not paying attention. So um, Tax-Free Wealth, a guy named Tom Wheelwright, he writes this book, and basically how he makes it interesting is he talks about the government creating tax law not to penalize you, but to incentivize you to take certain actions because they want the money to flow a certain way through the economy. They want it to provide housing, they want it to provide small business owners, you know, options, um, and they want it to create jobs. They want the economy to flow. So they actually built this tax code to incentivize you, not, not to penalize you, but to incentivize you to go take these actions that stimulate growth. And when I looked at that, I'm like, oh, I don't hate it anymore. It's not so bad. It's not gross. Let me go see what they want me to do. And so when you take that curiosity approach, 
and you start learning about it, it's actually incredibly interesting and you can leverage it um, to where that 40% is not going out any longer, but that it stays within your goals and helps you to build generational wealth. So let me talk to you about this. What's the tax law? I'm going to give you some bullet points. Number one, the tax law is written as a set of incentives and a way that they encourage you to take action on certain activities that benefit the economy and promote social policy. So it's actually not a yucky word. It's not a dirty word. There's actually goodness to this. The vast majority of tax code is actually not written to raise money, but it's written to stimulate growth. And so again, it's written to benefit the economy. Imagine like, I, I just, it's such a blessing to be able to help your local communities through understanding some of this and understanding how you can pour money into your local communities through the profits your business makes. And you can make an impact right in your home by having just some basic knowledge of this. You don't have to know everything. It's not about what you make. It's about what you take home at the end of the day, right? Like I can't tell you how many people I see and they're like, I made a million dollars this year. Or I made $5 million this year. And it's like, okay, awesome. What of that did you keep? That's the real question. What of that did you keep so that you can bless others so that you can build generational wealth so that you can live a life by design? I always say that freedom is doing what you want with who you want when you want. But if you're running these big businesses and the income looks amazing, but you didn't keep any of it, you're probably a slave to your business. And that's not very fun. So it's not about what you make. It's about what you take home at the end of the day, what you keep. And if you think about it, that everything you do every single day is either increasing or lowering that tax bill, you might think about the way you spend money a little differently. How often I, I laugh because December comes and everybody buys cars, right? All my friends in the automotive uh, industry are like, woohoo, December, like everybody's buying cars because they didn't have a tax plan. <laughs> and now they're scrambling to find their deductions. It's a blessing to make money and to need those deductions. But my goodness, uh, buying a car in December is not your only strategy. You should think about it beforehand. It should be something you think about. As a matter of fact, tax planning is not an end of the year activity, but it's something that you're doing ongoing. It's a daily one. It's knowing where you're headed and knowing essentially what is your plan. Something I want you guys to always be thinking about is what is your plan to move yourself out of active income, which has higher tax brackets or to higher tax rates into passive income, which number one gives you back your time and you, you pay less taxes because of it. Um, so how do we move you from active income where you're working, working, working for a dollar into the passive income world? And that's the goal is how do we get you to freedom? That's, I mean, freedom, doing what you want, when you want, with who you want. The people who benefit from the tax codes the most, their businesses, their owners, their entrepreneurs, their investors, there is a reason why you see wealthy people invest in real estate. There's a lot of real estate, there's a lot of benefit in real estate investing that gives you, uh, there's, there's deductions and incentives for creating housing for people. Um, certain types of income get generated at higher rates when compared to others. So that passive income is taxed at a lower rate. That's why we want to get you out of active income where you're taxed higher and into passive income where you have lower taxes. The whole goal is 
let's convert your earned income into passive income. What's the path to that? That's the question that you need to be asking yourself. What's the path to that? Um, estate planning is something that you want on your radar because as you start to do this, you want somebody who's been there before you, who knows the rules, who knows how to protect your assets to lead you because this is probably a completely foreign language to you. And so while you have to have some basic education about it, you also need to link arms with experts in those areas so that you can create the plan for your family, for your future, for your loved ones. The, one of the best ways to take advantage of the tax code is to invest in real estate. It's simply um, a realm of business that is incentivized. They want that the housing industry stimulates the economy. So by, in, by investing in real estate and encouraging you to invest in real estate, put houses over people's heads, you're moving money through the economy and you get tax breaks for doing so. There are some powerful tax strategies when it comes to real estate. And then you will need somebody along the way to help you um, with entities, with LLCs and things like that so that you know how to protect those assets once you get the plan going and once you start buying them. So the question should be is number one, do you have a tax planner? Do you have somebody to help you um, plan your wealth strategy, review your tax strategy with you, make sure that you're keeping this money because I'm gonna give you some examples that are gonna be a little bit startling to you. But the goal is, again, if freedom is to get you to do what you want with who you want, when you want, we have to find a way to get you that passive income beyond the path to basically a gradual retirement. And I don't know about you, but I'll probably never retire. My grandmother is 96 years old and she calls me every day and she's like, hey, did you look up that property? We wanna buy that property and flip that property. And it's just such a different way of thinking, but the woman will live forever because she just can't quit being 20 years old and wanting to flip houses. But I look at that and it's like, retirement doesn't have to mean that you sit at home and you do nothing. It just means you get to do what you want with who you want when you want, right? The goal is to replace your earned income with passive income. And the faster that you're able to get there, the faster you have freedom. So I don't care if you retire at 20. I don't care if you retire at 40. I don't care if you, you know, my goal is to help you get there faster. Because the faster you get there and the faster you get to quit trading your time for money, the sooner you get to be a blessing with the gifts that you were given and go bless the world with them. So why real estate? I'm going to talk to you a few, because as you know, I am not the tax strategist, but I do um, know enough to know that I need to go seek to understand them and seek to leverage them and have winners in my corner who know how to leverage the tax plans for me. But I do know about real estate and I can tell you the tax advantages to real estate are a couple of things. Number one is appreciation. Your house your assets, your real estate assets, they grow in value over time without you actively trading your time for money. Time is finite. There's an end to it, right? The appreciation of your real estate goes on beyond your death. It keeps going. And I mean, we wanna find a way to make money while we sleep. Because if time is a finite resource and I only have X amount of hours in the day, I better figure out how to make money when I sleep. And I know we hear that all the time, but are we actually planning for it in our lives? 
or are we just going to run, 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 run until we die? Number two, one of the other benefits of real estate investing is cash flow. If you purchase a property correctly, the tenants pay for the home or the tenants pay for the asset, could be commercial. It appreciates and it also gives you cash flow, which you can put into your opportunity bucket to multiply and buy future assets. Number three is you can use leverage. It's one of the only things where it's one of the few opportunities in which you're able to take a small amount or maybe even none of your own money and you can use a larger portion of somebody else's money. So for instance, like VA loans. Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Hey, Jeremy Nally here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean-Paul Guidry here. Now I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Strohsnyder. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We had a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works. I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I wanna open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. You can do zero down VA loans. It's a benefit that they've given to vets for serving our country. And if you take that and you don't have to put the money down and you take it, and I, I used the example of a $500,000 house. I know that's high for some areas and low for others. So it's kind of a, a number that I'm gonna work with because it's easy math. But if you were to take that no money down and you used those loans, so somebody else's money, right? To buy that $500,000 house. And then in the future, now on a VA loan, you're gonna live in it primary, but you can also leverage other types of loans to buy rental properties in which the tenant lives in it and they actually pay off your debt. So you've put almost none of your own money in it. The tenant pays for it, it increases in value and you didn't even pay the debt off, they did. That's a freaking phenomenal vehicle to build wealth. So the tenants pay them off and the debt still makes you the gain. So in the VA loan um, example, let's say that you bought that house for 500,000 and then that house goes up to a million bucks. And there's a lot, I mean, I think many of you know friends across the country that can say, you know, that scenario that's happened to people, right? That's not out of the norm. That's not a crazy example. That's a fairly common example. You buy a half million dollar house, it increases to a million dollars. If it's your primary residence, you aren't even taxed on the half million dollars that you get from that sale. Where else in your life can you go make a half million dollars tax-free? Now, I don't know, that, that alone just blows my mind. If you are not thinking about this and you have not strategized this and you have not implemented this in your life yet you have to you have to it's literally multiplying your money and moving you to freedom and you don't even need much of your own money to do it capital gains is another benefit 
And uh, people get really scared of that word. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to pay capital gains. But here's the thing. So if you sell a house really quickly in just a year, you end up having to pay your regular income tax bracket on that. So it's short-term capital gains. It's equivalent of your tax bracket. Long-term gains, right now you're paying just 15%. And many of you guys are in a lot higher tax bracket. So if you were to make that same half million dollar uh, income and you were to do that in the tax bracket that you currently make money, it would far exceed the tax bill than if you did that same amount of income in the real estate world. So you'd pay just 15% unless you have some massive, massive gain. There is a cap on it. Um, but basically that's less than half of what you would have paid if you would have sold in year one. So if you just hold, like people are always this flipping of houses thing, the challenge with it is there can be a quick gain and it can be highly taxable. If you hold and real estate can be a long-term gain that can really, really benefit you, you pay ta half the taxes if you hold on to it for another year. Um, primary exclusion. I just talked to you a little bit about your primary residence. If you live in your home two of the last five years as a primary residence, you don't pay any income tax on that gain. So like we were just, and that's up to $500,000. So of course you'd need to, talk to somebody who specializes in this. I'm inspiring you to start thinking differently. Your job is to go link arms with people in your area that can direct you through this, but I want you to be thinking differently because if you could make a half million dollars tax-free, that's life-changing money. That changes generations. So as I sit here and I'm talking about this, um, if you're married and you bought a house and you sold it in two years for that million dollars, you essentially made 500 grand in tax-free money. If you're in the higher tax bracket and you made that same money at your job, so same money, 500K, you'd be paying almost 180,000 of it back to taxes. That's nuts. $180,000 difference, same amount of money earned, $180,000 difference in what's in your pocket. Do you think it might be important that you take a little time to learn this little thing called taxes or just get a basic understanding of it? You need to. It is wealth building. Quit avoiding it. Quit thinking it's gross and nasty like I did because I avoided it forever and I put it in the hands of other people and I could be way farther ahead had I known what I know now and I still don't know that much, right? So keep educating yourself. Become a student of wealth every single day. Number six, there is no self-employment tax on rental income. So if you're employed and you moved your income um, into rental income, so instead of making that, again, 500K, you moved it into 500K of your tenants are paying for your house and you're making that same amount of money through rental income, you just got yourself a 15% raise because there's no self-employment tax on rental income. So just by understanding money and moving it to some places, you literally can get a raise. And then there's depreciation. And I don't mean to like bore the heck out of you. I know this is probably, I'm trying to make a boring subject or something that I always had a really negative attitude about inspire you because it's really free money out there that if you take advantage of it, you are increasing your ability to live, your ability to give, it just changes everything. But you have to take a little time to educate yourself and you have to seek the knowledge, go search for it because nobody ever, you know, I hear a lot of times people say, well, I didn't know to build wealth. Nobody ever taught me that. But here's the thing. 
you live in a world of the internet, of YouTube, of books, of mentors, of Clubhouse. You can connect with anybody and learn. You have zero excuse now for I didn't come from somebody who taught me that. And I get that. That used to be a challenge. It's not a challenge anymore. Now it's on you. And you're the one who's going to change the generations. It's you. So go take the time to educate yourself. Number seven is depreciation. You're essentially allowed to deduct the wear and tear on your real estate, like the wear and tear on your house. So if you have figured out how to make money and you need deductions because you're running a good business and you've figured out how to get it all going, the example that I keep telling you about that same $500,000 property as a rental, you bought it as a rental. Let's say that a house has a life expectancy of like, I use the example of 27.5 years. So assuming it's a couple of years old and it has a 30 year life expectancy, which we all know there's houses that are a hundred years old, but you can deduct just on that example, a $500,000 house with a 27.5 year life expectancy. You can take $18,000 a year deduction off that house for 27 and a half years. If you make good money right now and you're running a good business, you need to start thinking about real estate because there are some amazing um, benefits and deductions and things that you get from these investments. One of them is uh, 1031 exchange. 1031 exchanges are kind of this, uh, it's funny, a lot of people don't understand them and they don't see how they worked. And I now look back at that 96-year-old grandmother that I have, and I watched her do this over the years, and I didn't know what she was doing because she didn't necessarily ever tell me or educate me, but I sat back and I observed and I watched, and I remember her selling one thing, putting all the money at the title company, rolling it over you know, into another, and she would never have her hands on that money, and then she'd roll it into a bigger, better property or multiple properties, and she would turn it into more income for her family, more college funds for her family. Like it would turn into additional wealth, the same one house or the same one property. And so what she was doing is she was doing these 1031 exchanges. If you did happen to have that $500,000 gain on the rental that you bought, and you were lucky enough to have tenants that also paid for it then you're going to have a taxable gain. But in many instances, you can just roll that money into those 1031s and you have to buy and you have to upgrade to some kind of a like property or you can do multiple properties of like kind. And what you do is you defer, which means you haven't wiped out the taxes. They're just coming later, but you defer the tax into the future. But here's the thing my grandmother did tell me that I paid attention to. And right now we still have the opportunity for these 1031 exchanges. And what she said to me is, Kristen, if I 1031 this money over time and I grow it and roll it and roll it, I never paid money on any of this money that's rolling and growing like a snowball, if you will. And when I die, the people that I leave my property to, they don't get stuck with my tax burden. That's crazy. Let me help you wrap your head around that. If you bought that $500,000 house that we keep talking about, right? And it might be high in some of your areas and others you are like, Kristen, I can't even find a house that price. But if you bought that $500,000 house and you grew it into that million dollar house that we talked about, people in California all day long, you know what I'm talking about. You could sell it and you could take the tax-free gain because it was your primary residence. You could take that money and you could put 
you could divide it by four and use it as a down payment on four rental properties. And then you could buy those same $500,000 houses that rolled into million dollar houses over the time your tenants are paying for them. You're not even paying for it, nor did you ever put any money into your primary residence because maybe you used a zero down loan or if you did, you you just used a little bit, but this money rolled into these investment properties. These investment properties were paid for by your tenants, and now they appreciated to million-dollar assets. And if you were to die at that point, you just left your family $4 million worth of tax-free money. And you basically put nothing in yourself but time. Kristen, how do you talk about taxes and death, and it's so positive and like light <laughs> and inspiring. That's amazing. Well, well, this is this is honestly one of the hardest things to do is um, inspire and educate. And I'm like, I'm going to talk about taxes. I'm going to talk about like it's not easy. But when you can think about it, like this is not a yucky thing. This is a way that we can understand money differently and build wealth for families. Like, imagine if you could leave your kids with $4 million worth of tax-free money. Imagine what it would do to their lives. Imagine, would that change generations? And only in your lifetime, you could change generations. Like that makes me crazy to not scream it from the, from the tops of the mountains. And I think about my friends who are awesome business owners and they're building empires and they're making money. And I'm like, all right, we got you making money. Now we need to teach you what to do with it because that's the scary part. It can all go right back to the tax bill or we can build it to, to create generational wealth in your families that changes absolutely everything. People you'll never meet, your great, great, great grandkids, people you'll never meet will be impacted because you made these decisions and you educated yourself today. And so I just think about you guys out there that have these little kiddos. I think about... Um, I think about, you know, being a teacher and having homeless kiddos that were at our school and how do we protect them? How do we serve them? How do we lift them out of that generational curse into abundance? I think about all of my friends. I have lots of friends who came from absolutely nothing and they're multimillionaires. And you think about this and it's like, I want that all for all of you. I want to teach you this. I want to give you and I don't have every answer, but I have the right direction to point you in. And I have the knowledge to inspire you to go seek more knowledge and more information. And so that's my goal. So I'm glad that you're having a little bit of fun learning about taxes because I thought to myself, this is so important for you to know. And a topic that everybody's going to turn off when I say the word taxes, right? They're going to be like, peace out. I'm having lunch. <laughs> so anyway, it's absolutely crazy. And I need for you to think about this because when you have eight children, like my good friend, Glenn, we need to think about this for your families. We need to think about this for whether you have one, whether you have none, whether you, whatever it is, whether you just have the heart to pour into your community, we need to think about this so that we can create a plan to allow you to execute. Because you know what, guys, the government's not taking care of us. I don't mean to bash on the government, but there's never been a government in time that was going to make the change. We are the people who will make the change. It's us. It's on us. And it's Amen. our responsibility. We don't sit back here and say, well, I hope they make good decisions on our behalf. None of them will. We have to do that. That's our job. And so, like, not to get crazy on you, but... It, it, it just, there's so many incentives in that 
tax code. There's tax-free borrowing where you can essentially refinance your house, pull the cash out and go put it into investments that make you more money. And I say that very cautiously because I never tell people to pull money out of their assets ever because most often people will not go use it to multiply their money. They'll go spend it to buy things. So I say that one so, so cautiously, but there is a way to do that without paying taxes on the money that you pulled out. There's also this really cool incentive. Um, they have created what they call opportunity zones, which is basically areas of towns that they want growth and prosperity to come in. Um, older areas of towns, places that are run down. They want to incentivize businesses to come in to grow. And they have created these opportunity zones where they will defer your taxes and in some ways um, even keep you from paying taxes on your profits if you invest in those areas. So these are places like old downtown areas that have been there forever and they're run down and they need help and they need love and they need investors and people to come in and lift them up. This is part of the tax codes. They they essentially give you back your money to incentivize you to do this. It's really cool, the impact that you can make on your communities if you take a little time to get to know the knowledge. So yes, there are crazy rules, and it's definitely not my intention to tell you that I know everything about taxes, but rather to show you that your money, like you're potentially losing 40%. What if you could get a 40% and I'm not saying you can keep all of your money, but you see these really wealthy guys, the Warren Buffetts of the world are not paying a huge amount of taxes because they understand the tax code and they invest accordingly. One of my buddies who has built a freaking empire said to me one day, you know, what pisses me off, Kristen is Warren Buffett pays less taxes than I do. <laughs> and I said, sounds like you need an education on taxes. Sounds like it's time to shift your degree. And now you know how to build business and now you know how to create profit. Now it's time to go learn how to leverage the tax codes so that you can bless the communities instead of writing a check to the government and hoping that they do it according to your wishes. Um, so anyway, I just, I want you to know how much money is being left on the table. I want you to know that it'll change generations. I want you to know that you right here, right now, have the ability to make these changes and you don't have to wait on anybody to fix things, but you do have to go and educate yourself. You have to think about building the passive income that gives you the freedom that you're searching for because so many people are just trading time for money, time for money. Time goes by so fast and you get to the end of your life and you say, all I did was work my whole life. I never looked at my kids. I never enjoyed. I never took a trip. We were talking the other day, my husband and I, about our parents. I don't think either of our mothers have ever gone on a real vacation in their entire lives. And so now, because we've worked to do to change what we had learned, we have the opportunity to take them to do things they've never had done before. You know, they took care of us our whole lives, and now we have the opportunity to bless them. We have the opportunity to provide them housing, um, just to give them things that they that they didn't have. And you have that ability to money that blesses and improves communities. You can go create it. You can allow kids and parents. So here's a cool thing. I made a note that you can allow kids and parents to choose the type of education that they want. And that sounded really weird to me. Dang it, I didn't reset the room. 
I forgot to tell you because I got so excited about talking about taxes that you're in Breakfast with Champions and we are here. If you just joined us, we're here 15 hours of programming every single day of the week, including Saturday. And again on Sunday, we are here to bring spirituality and bring God to you. And we just love you and love to pour into you. I apologize that I did not invite you and welcome you about 15 minutes ago when I should have, but I was getting a little bit excited about what I was talking about. Um, so kids and school, think about this. Right now we're in a place where schools are, are, are being pressured to make decisions that affect your children. And you may or may not dis like agree or disagree. The, the thing is, is that like my, my younger sister, she's a single mama. Um, she, you know, it's, it's hard. It's very hard. She doesn't have a well-paying job. It's hard. And she said, you know, I really want to choose the school that my kiddo gets to go to. I really want my kid to go to this school, but I can't afford it. And here's the thing. There's even tax incentives for you to donate. If you need deductions, if you need credits, it's actually dollar for dollar tax credit. You can go give money for somebody else to choose the school that their kid goes to. And this is different by state and things like that. So again, you got to consult your tax people. But when I was in that situation and I wanted my kids to go to a certain school, a lady who had built a massive empire met me through a Zillow contact and she said, you know what? I see you're working hard. I want to bless you and help you. I'm going to give you money to send your kids to that school you want them to go to. And such a blessing. It helped her because it reduced the money she was given to the government. And it helped me because it paid for my children to go to a school where I felt that they were, you know, getting the, the, the pieces that I wanted them to get. And so each one of you on here can support each other. If you've built these businesses and you're making this profit, you can go donate to your friend's children's school, allow them the education that they want, and they don't even have to pay for it. It's so awesome. It's such a great way to bless the kids and to bless the communities. You just have to commit to studying and familiarizing yourself with it, to read, to listen, to ask questions. I'm always going to default to David Spizak saying, if you just, what did he say? If you took five minutes a day, no, he said, if you read 10 pages a day over the next five years, you'd be an expert in the field. So think about that. If you read 10 pages a day to educate yourself about this, you'd be better than almost everybody in just five years. Imagine even if you did it for one year, 10 pages a day, you could change your life. And they have built this tax code to incentivize you to help provide safe places and roof over the heads of people in our world. Like you're blessing people by learning the investing strategies, by learning to leverage the tax code and flow the money the way it's supposed to go. You're getting people off the streets and providing them safe housing. So today, and I'll kind of wrap up with this because this was just a big aha. There's a hurricane happening down south and it's devastating. I just, I, I heard that people are out of power for up to a month and I was thinking to myself, are we prepared to have no power for up to a month? That's scary. And looking at like humidity and mold and water damage and all of the damage to these houses. And, and I, I looked at a Facebook post today and I work for a company called Keller Williams and they're really big on charitable contribution. And they actually have their own charity called KW cares and their agents who they teach to build massively profitable businesses 
on every single paycheck that we make, there's a little button that says, do you want to contribute to KW Cares? And you can say yes. And then the money goes there and they have semi trucks full of um, things like building materials, health and safety materials. When Hurricane, not, was it Hurricane Katrina? It may have been, um, but they, these guys mobilize huge, huge semi trucks because they've taught their people to build profitable businesses and use uh, the, the tax code to benefit the communities. And they were sending out semi trucks this morning um, out to Louisiana and sending people to go help and bless this community and lift them up in a really, really scary time. And the reason that they're able to do that is because they understand the tax law and they understand giving. And it matters. We often get there before the Red Cross gets there. And it's because of building profitable businesses and understanding how to leverage the tax codes. So I just want to leave you with some of that information to make you thinking. So, so what do we do now? What do we do? Well, number one, you need to start making planning a priority. You need a tax plan, something other than buying your car in December. Don't get me wrong. I buy cars in December often, <laughs> but just like you need a tax plan, something along the way you need to make number two, you need to make real estate investing a, a piece of that plan because of the ability to build generational wealth with real estate and because of the tax advantages of real estate. It makes a huge impact, like bigger than I see other things make. If I, there are days when I think, oh man, if I could have another job, because it does get stressful, but there's not a bigger way that I can make a bigger impact. Number three, systematize and automate your profitable businesses to make a tax account so that every time you get a every time you get a paycheck there should be money being set aside right now that way when that tax bill comes it doesn't destroy your business and your life and your marriage so it can be simple if you know that it takes you 40% to operate your business and you know that you're in a 30% tax bracket then just every time you deposit and I say this because I hear people all the time say well, I can't because I'm on commission. So am I. I'm on commission too. I don't even remember the last time I was guaranteed a paycheck. I bet on me. And the thing about it is every time a commission comes, if you know that 40% of your business is, it, that's, that's your expenses, then put 40% in your expense account and take your 30% and put it in your tax account. And the rest is for your opportunity to invest, to build, to live, to, you know, but you need to make something automated. It doesn't have, people say all the time, well, what plan? Can you just give me the number? It's going to be a little bit different for each of your businesses, for each of your lives, because some of you run lean and run leaner businesses. Some of you uh, need to go through your books and cut your expenses, right? But you need to educate yourself. Number four, you need to educate yourself just like you need to have enough sense about your health to ask for a second opinion and to understand your options, you also need to know enough to help your advisors understand the path that you're on and the world that you want to build for your future and for your children and your families and generations. They don't, they're not in your head. They can't create it without your input. So you have to know enough to be able to work alongside them as partners. It's your responsibility and your obligation to protect your families. Nobody's going to do it for you. I think I posted the other day on Facebook, like, this is not the Cinderella story. Nobody's coming to save you. This is you. But the cool thing is it's built for you to win if you educate yourself about it. It's very cool. 
So overall, leaving thoughts, and then I'm going to open it up for a couple of questions because I rambled for too long. Overall, increasing your income, lowering your expenses, and learning to leverage the tax codes will bless more people. It'll provide opportunities to people you never thought you could provide, and it'll change generations. So I'm going to open it up just for a couple of questions because I rambled, rambled, rambled. But what was an aha that you took away? What are you going to take today from this conversation and implement in your own life? Hello, this go is for Paul. it, Miss Sarah. Oh, I heard someone else. Whoever it is, I can go second, whoever that was. No, ladies first. Oh, thank you, Paul. Kristen, I was just going to say how profoundly grateful I am that we have the podcast now, because the one thing that I can say, as I said, is it felt revelatory to me, your approach. And I want to go back and listen again. And I actually want to listen again with my husband and like kind of pause and reflect as I'm going, because one of the things that, you know, I really appreciated today when you were talking about aha moments is the fact that we can take the insights that you're sharing and sit back and reflect and apply them to our unique situations, to our unique businesses, you know, to our goals for our kids. And so um, it might sound like a little bit like a plug, but it's not. I'm just literally like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get to listen again and like pause and reflect. And I'm just so excited for that. So I super, as I said, like, I don't know anyone else who can make taxes and death as light and warm and informative <laughs> a discussion and I'm so grateful to you for that I'm done speaking oh that's awesome thank you for that I appreciate that this Who is else? Paul uh, Kristen, wow wow you know look I became CFO at age 18 a month after my dad passed away um, 48 years ago and nobody talks about this, and I so appreciate you talking about this. I, I, I wonder if you could take a moment to just give the example of, like, if someone gets a paycheck and, let's say, donates $1,000, or maybe if they're CFO and their company just donates, what the difference is, how much of that dollar shrinks through pay, payroll taxes and all that and, and personal taxes, so and how much the institution receives. So the the studying that I have done, basically just a super generalization is you get to keep in all the crazy taxes because you're taxed, you got income tax, payroll tax, and then you go and you spend the money that you were already taxed on and you get to pay sales tax and, you know, tax on your Starbucks and all of these different things. And um, the overall generalization that I've studied and learned is that you get to keep keep about 60% if that. So um, if you're making a dollar, you get to keep 60 cents. If you if you are making $1,000, you get to keep 600. So um, just to give you an idea. Great, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your talk. I think I back channeled, Instagrammed, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, we just, I bought a fifth wheel last night. My wife and I might make Prescott one of our stops. Our friends all Yay. moved there from California, so that's we cool. might be seeing you. Awesome. Look me up when you get here. You know what? And that's the other thing that I want to encourage you to do is think about the life that you want to build. And Paul, you've probably went down this, but in alignment with Sarah's comment, like, one of my dreams for years has been travel the country, speak and bring the fifth wheel and the kids so that they can go experience and see and do. And when when you've created a business around that, you get to do that. And there's incentives and deductions for the things that other people don't get to deduct. 
um, you know, like, like the fifth wheel, the mobile office, these things, if it truly is a part of your business, you can build those things into your life and be incentivized to do so. It's pretty amazing. Absolutely. We're calling it the ambassador tour. We're going to see dealers along the way. And uh, I guess if you're saying we could write off some of that on business, uh, okay, we'll do it. You have, I'll blame you. Have you have to make money. It has to be real business expenses. But well, again, it is. It is real. <laughs> Good. I love it. I love it. That's It just reminds me that you can live life by design. Anybody else want to chime in and, and just give a last thought before Mr. Glenn Lundy interviews the amazing Forbes Riley? Nobody wants to talk about taxes. <laughs> Glenn, are you there, friend? I know that he's going to be in right at the top of the hour. Um, gotcha. But I don't know why else. I was energized. But here's the thing. I actually, as I said, you definitely um, picked a topic that strikes a nerve. And I just find that so inspiring. Firing. And I'm like, I, as I said, I, maybe some people too are just kind of speechless. Um, oh, wait, I see both Linda and Christina flashing. Take it away, Christina. Okay, hey, um, I was at an appointment. So I, I, I got on at the end of your, uh, your session. And then I was off and on and off and on. And, um, but um, I'm like, Sarah, I have to go back and listen to the entire entire segment because um the times that i was on god valuable information so much valuable information so i'm definitely going to go back and listen to the entire segment so thank you so much yeah my pleasure it's also a topic that we don't discuss so i don't expect anybody to want to chime in and talk about it because it's kind of a slap in the face like wow i never thought about these things but i did it on purpose because it's really important that you do start thinking about it Linda. Hi, um, Kristen uh, and Sarah, thanks so much for picking on me. Um, I just back chatted you and I just said, hello, Kristen. I wanted to say outstanding on the segment. What a wealth of information you shared um, in this uh, segment. Oh my goodness, I, as you were talking, I was looking up 1031. I've always heard of it, but I've never utilized it and didn't know um, exactly how much, to, what to do. It said, you know, you can hold it in there for up to five years. So it was, it was um, great information. I looked up certain things with regards to whether or not you're a non-resident um, with regards to your property. So it's just something more for me to understand about it. But I just want to thank you for diving into that and making it come to the forefront for me because I've heard about it, but just didn't dive into it as much as you did. So I want to thank you so much for this wealth of information. Appreciate you. This is Linda Sims. I appreciate Glenn for this space. Um, we love it. Breakfast with champions. Thank you, Kristen. This is Linda Sims speaking. I'm done for now. Back to you. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the moment to go dig into it further. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.